filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking about this one for a while. It is your buddy Gavin, and I'm with everybody's buddy from Drilling Threes, the guitar player, the rapper, the living legend, Roscoe P. What's up, buddy? Well, I've already been gypped. I was promised the last time I was on that my next appearance would start with the filibuster freestyle theme song, and it has not. Although when, when the good people are listening to it, it will, but it didn't just now. i got to get that put into my contract for the next time. i got to call my, my agent, Jeremy Johnson, about that. Yeah, I was going to say, well, the good news is if Jeremy comes on the show, he can just do it for you a cappella. Right. But right. as he did for our, our lost edition of March Madness a few weeks back. But anyway. Um, I, did, I did end up listening to that one, by the way. And you were right. Like, as we were doing it, I thought it was the dumbest thing we've ever done. And I didn't even want you to release it. But I did listen to it on your suggestion. And it actually is very funny. Yeah, like it came off, it came off uh, like almost as if we planned it to be that, that uh, out of control. I, you know, if I if I didn't know because I was sitting here doing it, the times when I couldn't hear you, I would have thought that that was like a bit we were doing. Yeah, you were messing with me, exactly. Right, I was just messing with you, right? But I honestly couldn't hear you. No. But, it, but it came off like like we planned it. it was, yeah, exactly. So anyway, it was a good addition, and this should be a good addition. You and I have done a lot of music countdowns. Uh, we, we, we tried to decide or guess who the Hall of Fame inductees or the Rock Hall of Fame would be last, last fall. Uh, and here we are. Uh, it's April fourth. It's April fourteenth. Um, the concert was was in a, in a closed setting, and the induction the induction ceremony and concert were two nights ago, April twelfth, in Cleveland, Ohio, I believe. Um, we do not know the results of which songs were played. We know who was inducted, obviously. We don't know who the inductors were. So, well, I don't. Um, I know two of them. I, I know two of them. I don't know the rest. Yeah. So you and I are essentially doing what we, is, is a preview and us kind of guessing and making predictions on what people are going to see when this private induction ceremony and concert is released on HBO, which I believe is next weekend, the twenty second of April. I think that's right. I think it's next weekend. Yeah. So filibuster freestyle, somewhat exclusive in that we we did not. Uh, I specifically know nothing about what happened. Roscoe knows a little bit because he was actually got some breaking news for us on a few fronts. But his knowledge, well, sort of. But but everything I know, I don't. I actually don't know anything that actually happened. I know a few things that were reported before Thursday. Okay. Like, I don't know anything that's happened since Thursday. Everything I'm going to share today is all stuff that had been reported and was available online before the concert happened on Thursday. Got it. Okay. And really quickly, let me get in a plug for a couple things. Number one. Uh, filibusterfreestyle.com number two our Facebook page Facebook slash filibusterfreestyle uh, facebook.com that is Roscoe P we just put up a new 60 second cover by Roscoe P it's it's the great song Alone by Heart uh, and Roscoe Roscoe put that up on all his social medias which are basically at Roscoe P Funk or Roscoe P Funk on all the all the big mediums you know inter, in, uh, <laughs> not interjams that's not a thing <laughs> On your interjams. <laughs> on your interjams. I'm on interjam.com at Roscoe P. Yeah, also known as Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, but and uh, not MySpace and not interjams. But, not interjams. but this yeah. week's unofficial, this week's official sponsor of the week, interjams. <laughs> yeah, I'm in negotiations with interjams. Oh, uh, interjam records, my favorite one. Um, but Roscoe P's got some couple good covers up. What was the other one you put up yesterday, Roscoe? I did. Uh, uh, I did. 
uh, Can You Stand the Rain by New Edition. That's right. Which was really kind of a joke. Uh, I mean, they're all kind of a joke. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny slash it's good. fun, yeah, just for fun. I'm not, I don't take these very seriously, but I just thought it was funny doing like an acoustic guitar version of a boy band song with that like six different guys who can really sing sing it just that was kind of fun yeah I thought you did a nice job of that as well and I know that you've got some Metallica, Metallica coming soon I'm not going to give it away special Metallica coming on Monday just because that was just uh, I don't know I was a little bored it just, I just got rolling really all this stuff I, I put this stuff up <laughs> I think my, my sinister plan is to um uh, get people to you know just be aware that I, to kind of get excited when I put stuff up because hopefully the next stuff I put up is going to be more original stuff which is really what I'm excited about and no question people, no question know, and that's, the, that's coming shortly the video stuff helps too um, yeah you know it gets it gets it going and also um, you mentioned that you're going to put out some Metallica on Monday and actually at the bar downstairs uh, Pine Central they actually do Metallica Mondays where they used to. And that's the bar that you used to go, you, you went to one time, and that girl, it was her last night, and she dropped like 16 glasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, they do Metallica Monday, so that's cool. You got her money's worth. On the way out, she broke every glass of the joint. Tell you what, good, you, you know it was probably not a, an amicable parting of ways when she's oops, whoop, oops, drop, dropping like 16 glasses in an hour. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I knew that lady pretty well for the you know first year I lived here. She was a bartender there and obviously obviously moved on after that night <laughs> in August 16. Yeah. But um, she didn't drop a glass that I saw the first year I lived in Charlotte, and then she dropped 16 in your presence. Maybe she was nervous for you for you and your 60-second covers. I don't know. It happens. It happens, yeah. Speaking of people who aren't nervous, places listening, you're going to like a couple of these places, Roscoe P. I always – this is like my favorite part of the – podcast every week. Amarillo, Texas is in the house. Oh, I love it. Uh, a place, it's called Nudgy Australia. It's N-U-D-G-E-E. I'm going with Nudgy yeah. Australia. Um, the great capital of Brazil, Sao Paulo. Ah. And then a place called Petaling Jaya, Malaysia. Thank you for listening. Wow. The Malaysian Prime Minister is listening. That's what I'm going with. The Malaysian Prime Minister listen? Because we were talking about Zoolander last night? I think they're now on to us because they, don't, they want to make sure that Derek Zoolander stays as far away from that Malaysian dude as possible. <laughs> um, and then some really bad news to report. Um, and I, I forget if this guy's in the Hall of Fame or not. I don't think he is. But apparently Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis and the News fame uh, has canceled all of his future summer tour dates because he's got some crazy very sudden hearing issues that doctors uh, doctors basically he, he can't basically he said he can't hear low frequencies and he can't establish pitch and he basically can't sing in, in public until he gets his ear fixed oh that's too bad I did not hear that it's a real bummer I really I, think, I don't think anybody out there dislikes Huey Lewis in the news hard to dislike Huey Lewis or the news and at, at this point you, yeah yeah and at this point if you don't at least like them ironically through the, through the genre of yacht rock there's something wrong with you yeah um, all right, man. Well, since we, since we said all that, uh, lastly, the nations of Hungary and Jamaica also checked in this week. Sorry, I missed that in my notes. But anyway. Excellent. So every time the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert is on HBO, typically the artists get to play three or four songs in the televised version. And this year, we've got Bon Jovi, we've got The Cars, we've got Dire Straits, The Moody Blues. We've got Nina Simone, and we've got Sister Loretta Tharp, who, who Roscoe P. hipped me to 
uh, way back when in the fall. Uh, That's actually not her name. It's Rosetta Thorpe. Oh, my goodness, and I have it written correctly, and I've hit Loretta. I'm so sorry. Sister Rosetta Tharp. That's her cousin, Loretta Tharp. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sister Rosetta Tharp is the unofficial sponsor of Rosetta Stone, and I I screwed up her name, but that's okay. I'm just going to start with her because I think this will be brief. Um, she's clearly yeah, not. I'll let you take this one. You're you're the Rosetta Tharp expert. You got a lot of good stuff here. Yeah, except for not knowing her first name, but that's okay. Except you don't know her name. Other than that, you really got it down. Nailed it. Um, so the good sister. Here's my thing. If you go on YouTube and find some of her old clips, or if you listen to some of the guitar and some of her songs, the person playing the guitar is her. Is her. And she looks the way she handles her guitar, and I think she was like doing this back in the 30s or 40s, is kind of like Chuck Berry. I mean, early. But my whole point is, if Eddie Van Halen doesn't induct her, something's wrong, because she basically was doing things with the guitar that were so far ahead of her time, it's not even funny, just like 50 years later, Eddie Van Halen was. What do you think about that, Roscoe P? I think it's a great call. Um, I do know uh, she was a guitar prodigy. Okay. Who, according to her bio on the frequently mentioned on this show uh, Spotify um, uh, she mastered the guitar by the age of six <laughs> which uh, I'm, I'm almost 40 I haven't come close to mastering the guitar I mean you're very good but yeah. you're not a master no offense and also you're not six <laughs> I'm not six I've been six for a long time yeah so yeah guitar guitar prodigy I don't I was trying to listen to some of her stuff but it's really the stuff that's out there you can definitely hear her singing I haven't been able to hear much of her guitar playing but you're you're telling me she's a, a revolutionary who Eddie Van Halen should be looking up to well the one the one that I feel like I, and it is on Spotify the one that I feel like uh, I got a really decent a really decent sense of her guitar playing was a song called That's All and I really think that that her guitar work on that is it's got some elements of, of a little bit of kind of early Johnny Be Good. Oh, um, yeah. So not what they ended up going with in Johnny Be Good, not what Marty McFly uh, fraudulently tried to say he invented in Back to the Future, but like when 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 he was working, not Marty McFly, but when you know Chuck Berry or whatever was working on on Johnny Be Good. I'm telling you, that's all by Sister Rosetta Tharp. It's got some yeah. got some similarities, and she she was doing that stuff before him. Then maybe Michael J. Fox should induct her. Ooh, and you know what? <laughs> you may not be ready for this now, but your kids are gonna love it. Exactly, we couldn't say it any better. The, also, the song called um, "Sit Down," very catchy little pop song by her. But the 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 acoustic guitar work, uh, yeah. which, which you know a lot about, is, is, that, is that again? It's excellent. Yeah. Um, and then she got another song called Shout Sister Shout, which I just think is great. It's got some sass to it. and uh, A lot of sass in a lot of her songs. I have no idea. Oh, let's ask this question this way then, which is who typically when uh, a posthumous inductee is going in, they will have somebody either who sounds like them or who looked up to them or both do a song or two of theirs because obviously the, the good sister can't be there. Um Who's a sassy? Uh, you know, who's, who's who's got some sass that might that might be a a tributarian who might give us a little sister Rosetta? Rosetta. Any ideas? I mean, it's a tough one because she's from so long ago. Yeah. That I think, like, even the people who may have been like directly influenced by her or like grew up listening to her, they they're probably gone too. Right. 
you know, we're talking about like almost a hundred years ago she was playing, you know? Um, so, uh, or whatever it is, 80 years ago. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. If they, I, I feel like it's going to be somebody we don't know. Yeah, like maybe a jazz musician or some kind of a lesser known, uh, probably yeah, a, prob- probably a rock guitarist of some kind. Yeah. Or, or uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I know that's a really crappy prediction, but uh, well, we don't know much about the good about about Sister Rosetta Tharp, so it's tough to predict, right. like we said. And, and the and the genre of music that she you know played and influenced is also one that I don't know about. I mean, I know there's a lot of great gospel singers out there, and. Um, you know, I, I don't know many of them by name to be able to talk about them here, but you know, I, I would think it's going to be somebody from that world who I, I just unfortunately don't know many of them. Yeah, people. really good point. Really good point. Uh, last thing on Sister Rosetta Tharp is she's got a version of Nobody's Fault But Mine, and at first I, I wrote down in many, many exclamation points and question marks, did Led Zeppelin cover Sister Rosetta Tharp? Um, well, I think they both covered somebody else. They did. Blind Willie Johnson. Yeah. Blind Willie Johnson wrote Nobody's Fault But Mine in 1927. It's a great little great little jam. And uh, Led Zeppelin actually did some modified lyrics. But I, who, I'll tell you what, when, when Blind Willie Johnson was writing Nobody's Fault But Mine, who knew that both that, that two different Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, you exactly. know, in terms of Led Zeppelin and Sister Rosetta Tharp, would both make his song more famous than himself. Exactly. That's the kind of trivia that no one's doing besides me and Roscoe Pierre in the freestyle. Yeah. That's, um, Led Zeppelin did a lot of that, actually. A lot of their, the, the more, like, bluesier stuff they did is, you know, they didn't actually write all of those. Very true. They just made them their own. Updated, right, updated versions of old blues songs. Yeah. Correct. Well, here's somebody who, who uh, did it his way, uh, like Frankie said, a.k.a. John Bon Jovi. Uh, let's just get right into, you know, the band that really started this whole genre of our of our podcast about this subject, which is there was a long-standing beef apparently between Bon Jovi getting in the Hall of Fame and not, um, and that beef has been squashed enough to get them in, and they're no-brainer in a lot of ways. So I think this is probably the most compelling version of what you and I are going to play here, Roscoe P., which is who's going to induct Bon Jovi. Is Richie Sambora going to play or not? Uh, which you know the answers to a couple of those things, I think. And then which songs? The answers to all of those. Good. And then which songs are they going to play? So that I don't know. Since you know the answers to the first two questions I posed, why don't I guess and then you tell me the answer? Is that cool? Sure. And just because I was just looking uh, something up, um, and the interest being totally accurate, I now I think I'm. You were, might have been right the first time. I think the concert may have actually been last night, Friday night, not Thursday. But whatever. Either way, it's already happened. Yeah. Uh, and, and I do know you're going to guess the inductor, right? Because the Richie Sambora thing, I already told you. Well, you said he's coming, yes. Yes. And I, yeah, I should tell I mean, that, that was, I think, like when we first talked about doing this podcast, I thought the first, like the big topic was going to be, is Richie Sambora going to come back and play with Bon Jovi or not? And it was announced several weeks ago that, that he is going to be there. Um, and I think he, he had like some kind of like, uh, you know, uh, kind of coy quote about like, well, maybe we'll play a couple songs, <laughs> like let on what he was going to do. Yeah. Um, but he is going also Alec John such is going. Oh, wait, he was the original keyboard guy or what? 
bass player. He's the original bass player. He's the, uh, the, so the two original members who are no longer in the band are Richie Sambora, who was quite famous, everybody knows, and Alec John Such, who's actually been out of the band since 1994, and nobody knows. Right. But, I, but it, yeah. If you think about the videos, like the classic Bon Jovi lineup in the videos, you can kind of picture him from the videos. No but, question. Well, he actually has been in the band in almost 25 years, but he is also going tonight, so I think you will see the original... Uh, bon Jovi lineup will will play as well as the current Bon Jovi lineup. That's my understanding. Oh, that's super cool. Well, I knew that they did switch bass players at one point, but I did not know the gentleman's name. So I appreciate you bringing that up, Roscoe P. Um, yeah. So good to know Sam Bohr is going. That would be an absolute shame if he weren't. Um, for sure. Some of my speculations to you before I knew that was potentially Bruce Springsteen would induct them. It's because they're both from New Jersey, and you know he plays yeah. he plays guitar. But we both know that you do not like Bruce Springsteen, so that's good news I for you. Not. No. But here's yeah, some, you know, go ahead, sorry. I'm sure he's going to be there. He's going to weasel his way into this somehow, but no, he's not inducting them. Okay. Now, I think Emilio Estevez of Young, Young Guns 2 fame should. <laughs> Strictly on the Blaze of Glory connection? Correct. Now, wasn't that, wasn't that just a solo John Bon Jovi song? You know, I think it was, which is probably why, why but, but, but I do also think that when they play that, when they play concerts now, they do that song. They play it. Oh yeah. Okay. The other thing is, I, I was thinking is maybe one of the captains from Deadliest Catch could could do it because Dead or Alive is their theme song. Yeah, I did not know that until you uh, shared your notes with me. I, I did not know that was a theme song. Deadliest like Catch. If, That's a great idea. Yeah, like if good old Sig Hansen from the Northwestern is like, "Hey, it's Bon Jovi." <laughs> anyway, probably not going to happen. And then my last choice or thought was clearly Bill Belichick, number one right. super yeah. fanboy fan. Oh, what a great guest. Do you think the people like we know because we follow the Patriots and we're fans and we kind of know this and we know about music and stuff, like do you think people, the people listening know that in real life Bill Belichick and John Bon Jovi are actually great for friends? I think I think it's getting more and more well well covered outside of New England, but I actually do think that that's more of a New England phenomenon. Yeah, but that is that is a very real thing. John, well, John Bon Jovi's a football guy. He, I believe he still owns the Philadelphia Soul, the yep. uh, is that correct? The, the arena. He is correct. Um, so, you know, he's a big football guy. He comes to Patriots training camp pretty much every year. Uh, there's always a picture of him and Belichick chatting on the sidelines. He's usually at a game. You know, there's a game he's at sitting in Bob Kraft's uh, owner's box. So, yeah, um, really, really a smart and great. I, I wish that was right, actually. Oh, it's too bad it's not. And, but one last thing about the Patriots connection is that when the Patriots score a touchdown at home, the touchdown song is Bon Jovi's This Is Our House. Ah. Which, again, just further solidifies the connection between the Patriots and John Bon Jovi and the friendship between Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and John Bon Jovi. So, a good guess. You're telling me I'm wrong. Why don't you give me one hint, Roscoe P., see if I can nail it, and if not, you can tell the people who the actual inductor is. All right. I mean, uh... There's like a there's a hint that if I give you, I think it would make it too easy. I, okay. I will say this: okay. the person is is I don't want is not not actually similar to Bill Belichick at all, except in this way: it, it, he is a very famous person who is not famous for music. Wow. So so in, so it's not a it's not a musician. So in the way that Bill Belichick is very famous, something other than music, so is this person. Um, but if I told you what he's famous for, I think it would make it too easy. All right. Well, if that's, if that's the case, then I have no idea. So who who is it? It is Howard Stern. Ooh, wowzers! Yeah. Is he like a huge JBJ fan? 
I don't know. I, I think there was something about like in the very early days of Bon Jovi, he, he used to play them on the radio because he was still kind of, he obviously, you know, wasn't a huge star yet. Yeah. I think he was still like a DJ playing records. I think he used to play them or something. And I don't know. I think it goes way back to when they were both starting. Wow. That's a good one because honestly, um, they're both coming out of it very similar markets. They both coming out of hard rock in the eighties and kind of made a huge transcendent jump from that, you know, how many how many disc jockeys who were slinging records in 1984 made you know no one, and you know and of the glam band metal you know not metal but hard rock bands of that time, arguably no one's been as successful as Bon Jovi at crossing over into multiple genres right so yeah well, as I've said uh, on the show before like I'm not they they almost have their own genre like I'm not sure they really fit into any other box they're kind of Bon Jovi's always been a thing unto yeah. themselves which is why I think they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. For sure, for sure. Well, that's a really good one, and I never would have guessed Howard Stern. So that's some good stuff right there from Roscoe P. and from the Hall of Fame. Now, let's get into the songs we think they're going to play, because Bon Jovi clearly has a ton of songs, a ton of famous songs. Would you agree with me, Roscoe P., that Living on a Prayer is a 100% lock? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, can, I, can I tell you how I would like them to start? their set of course like I know I wouldn't actually predict this because I don't think this is there's any way they would do this but I, this is this is how they should start this it should start with a rehashing of the whatever year it was VMAs just Bon Jovi and Sam Bora on the stage with an acoustic guitar doing Dead or Alive nice they should start with just like spotlight on just those two yep and then maybe like when, when the solo kicks in like the whole band kicks in at the solo and they go from there that's, that's how it started. We need we need to go back to the song that started the whole unplugged revolution or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we need. I think I would love for it to start with "Wanted Dead or Alive" acoustic, just the two of them. Fantastic. I agree with you that they're definitely going to play "Dead or Alive." Yeah, it's not going to be like that though. But it, but it should. It should, and I think they should close with "Living on a Prayer." Yeah, and I think they probably will do that. And frankly, they need to go last because nobody can match that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, I mean, they're the biggest name, I, I would think. I mean, no, no question. Yeah, they're the most popular, you know, whatever, at least most currently popular. I mean, they're, I'll say this, they're the only band that's still, like, actively touring and playing sold-out arena shows of the, you know, inductees. Correct, correct. Um, so I think Living on a Prayer and Dead or Alive are locks. Um, I'm really hoping they don't play It's My Life, which is basically Living on a Prayer Part 3. Um, yeah, that's what I'm worried about is how, like, I don't want to hear, I mean, they're going to play it because they, they have to honor their entire, you know, catalog, yeah. plus year career, yeah. But um, I really don't want to hear anything that's not on Slippery One Wet or maybe New Jersey. Well, yeah, New Jersey has a couple jams. Uh, or, or except for uh, I don't. What's the name of the? Uh, I don't know. What's the first record called? It's just called Bon Jovi. Yeah. I, I'd like to hear Runaway. Runaway would be great. It's underrated, and it's their first single. And uh, you know, I, I like. I hope they if they're really going to honor the whole career, play the first one. Play Runaway. That'd be nice. Actually, I could live with starting with Runaway too, just because it'd be cool. Yeah, I could start with Runaway. Yeah. Now, I, you know, I also don't want to hear who says you can't go home. Um, no, but they're definitely going to play that. Right, and that's the problem because you mentioned the Blaze, and I get, I get it. You mentioned the Blaze of Glory technically is only Bon Jovi by himself. It's not a Bon Jovi song. Fine, but like Bad Medicine or You Give Love a Bad Name. Come on, those got to be yeah. in there. I, I think, 
I think you have to do Dead or Alive, Living on a Prayer, You Give Love a Bad Name. Yes, which leaves you, you only one, one more spot probably, hopefully for Runaway. Right. Yeah, but they're going to screw it up. They're going to do Have a Nice Day. Yeah, are they going to do like a medley? Are they going to do like, you know, they gonna do like, are they going to play that game where they play like half of You Give Love a Bad Name and go into Living on a Prayer or something? Are they going to do that? See, I wouldn't. I don't think it's worth it. I think you just give yeah. us give us four live versions of four of your best songs, and we'll go from there. My yeah. dark horse pick, though, I think that some of the ones we just mentioned that are newer are more likely. But um, I feel like Bed of Roses, if they want to really like slow her down and sell some prom some prom song tickets, right. that's the dark horse pick from 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 G Money over here. If it happens to be anybody's prom that night, they can just bust out better roses. Darn right. You're darn right. It's a little early for prom season, but who knows? Semi-formal season. They still have those? You know what I, think? I just thought of this. You know what I think is an underrated? But it's a, it's not that good of a song, which is the Bon Jovi song that I, that I really like. Yeah. I, I got to remember what it's called. Do I have this right? Is it called Born to Be My Baby? Is that what the song's called? It's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There I think you go. It, I got yours right. Yeah, yeah. Born to Be My Baby. Yeah, that's it. It's a good one. <laughs> I mean, it's not a great one. There's no one. way they're going to play it. it. It's like their, you know, 35th most popular song, but uh, right. But that's a good one. Yeah, that's the issue with some of these these groups is that, you know, they've got some good ones, but they've got so many ones that are better known. Oh, yeah. Speaking yeah, of... I, I, wasn't, I wasn't predicting they're going to play it. Just when you said Better Roses, and you know, it's like a... They just made me think of underrated Bon Jovi songs, and I thought of that. Oh, yeah. They're, they're definitely the most songs that aren't going to get played in terms of song, you know, because they're the biggest band. Um... I'm, I'm ready to move on to the cars if you are, Roscoe P. Let's move on. Okay, the cars are from... Sambora, Sambora lives. No, the cars are from Boston, right? Rick, Rick Elkazic? Yeah. Okay. Actually, so, I think I have, their Wikipedia, yes, I have their Wikipedia right here. Of course you yes, do. Yes, the band originated in Boston, Massachusetts in 1976. Fantastic. Now, here's who I hope does not induct them. Uh, neither Steven oh, I know who's inducting them. This is the other one I know. Okay, good. Well, I know, I'm hopefully, I'm hopefully it's not Steven Tyler or Marky Mark Wahlberg. It is not. It's nobody that has anything to do with Boston. Okay. Are they a musician? Yes. Well, that actually takes out my Dickie Barrett and Mighty Mighty Boston's idea. But let me – I have one one guess that I think is a good guess based on, on listening – I was listening to a lot of, of the cars in the last week, right? And what I realized is that the kind of cult following but somewhat uber popular these days LCD sound system – uh, yeah. The guy, James Murphy, who it basically records everything. He does the vocals. He does everything. Um, a lot of his influence, I really think, must be from the Cars because there are so many songs that the Cars do that are like not their most well-known songs that sound so much like LCD Sound System. So my guess, even though I'm probably not right, is the, the, the brainchild behind uh, LCD Sound System, James Murphy, will be their inductor. You're not right. Okay. Who is it? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand the uh, the connection, and I, I'm actually I'm, I'm scared to look it up to make sure I'm right because I don't want to get like spoilers from what actually happened. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read it's um, it's Brandon Flowers from the Killers. Oh, okay, okay. I, I don't. I don't. That is his name, right? Brandon Flowers. Yeah, yeah. The singer from the Killers. I know that you're a, you're a big Killers fan. You're a bigger Killers fan than I. I like the Killers, but. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I actually, now that you say that, I see. I, I can see that because, you know, that's a that's a band, especially with with with, with Senor Flowers, where he plays the synthesizer. You know, right? Uh, and, and a lot of the Killers, especially their first record, uh, what was it called, Hot Fuss? Uh, 
very, very synth heavy, very rock heavy. And I think there's an argument to be made that one of the first kind of synth rock bands of the 80s that really cut through the clutter was probably the Cars, at least from America, you know, not from Great Britain. So I can see that. And I'll tell you what, that'll be badass because he's he's phenomenal if he gets to play with them. A lot of times the inductee will play. A lot of times the inductee will jump in for some reasons or others. So right, yeah, he might t- take a verse on you know you might think or something. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, that's very I know, cool. I know one other thing about the cars, and actually, as I look at their Wikipedia, the cars Wikipedia suggests that the Hall of Fame induction ceremony is actually tonight. This says April fourteenth, twenty eighteen. I don't think that's right. I think it already happened. No, I'm almost but whatever. I'm almost positive it was last night. But again, I, I mean, I, I know Wikipedia. I was going to say, citing Wikipedia for everything is like when I cite Spotify for all musical facts. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's very one-sided. <laughs> um, but this, this, thing on, yeah, this thing on Wikipedia is true. The, the uh, Doors, uh, Doors, the Cars original bass player, Benjamin Orr, uh, passed away in 2000. Okay. Um, so, so he's not uh, coming. He will not be there. But taking his place, and I don't remember the guy's name, but it's the bass player from Weezer is taking his place. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, very and cool. There is a connection there because Rick Ocasek, in addition to his work as a musician, is also a producer and produced at least two of the Weezer records, including the Blue Album, which was their first big hit. Ah, uh, um, great, great. Rick Ocasek actually produced that. So there is a connection with with Ocasek and Weezer that goes back a long time. So that's the that's the connection to that guy and why he's in, he's playing with them tonight or whatever it is at the concert. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. So I think yeah. it's I think this is an exceptionally fun band to play which songs will they perform. Yeah. All right. I think the the no the no brainer is just what I needed. Yeah. After that, there's a lot a lot of choices to be made. Um there's a lot. I, I don't really like Drive. I don't either, but it's really popular. I know, and I feel like they have to play it, but I kind of wish, like, that's going to waste the spot for me. Correct. I don't, I don't want to predict it because I don't want it to happen. Agreed. So I didn't, I didn't, of the, the ten, I have about 10 of their songs listed here, and, uh, and of those, I, I have like four or five highlighted, and I left Drive off too, Roscoe, because yeah. I get it. It's a super popular song. I actually always forget it's the Cars because it's so forgettable. It's a forgettable yeah. pop song. It's a good. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's, a, not, it's not worthy of them. Right. They're better than that. So what, here's one that I think is awesome is My Best Friend's Girl. Yeah. That, that might actually be my favorite Cars song. Yeah, dude. It's a jam. Great song. It's an absolute jam. So you you'd put that on the top, like say four. I would love to hear. I mean, I think the way I'm approaching this is more like what I what I want to hear, and less like what I actually think might happen. But if, so if I had to pick, we're saying four. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say just what I needed, and my best friend's girl would definitely be. Th- those would be my top two. I mean, if we're picking three, I'd still have those two. I think it gets a little muddy after that. Yeah, it does. It does. So, for instance, <laughs> those two. of the next two that I have highlighted, I think they're at, like, spots seven and nine on my list of popular songs. You know, so, um, yeah. so for instance, I do not have Good Times Roll highlighted, but Good Times Roll is a fantastic jam. And if they played fantastic. it, I'm okay with it. Let the Good Times Roll. And yeah. a really good jam. Yep. That would be I, – I think I have, like – I have like four for two spots. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that one of them or no? That's one of them. Yeah. Okay. What about you're all I've got tonight? Ooh. 
Uh, that was not one of the four, but man, that's a good one too. Same thing for me, Roscoe P. There, it's a top six, but not a top four. You know? Yeah. Um, one that's near and dear to me, and anytime I can get it in, I'm gonna get it in. It's the jam from the Phoebe Cates pool scene. And Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Moving in Stereo, not one of their bigger commercial hits, but Screw Everybody, that song's awesome, regardless yeah, of the movie scene, it's an awesome song. It is, That was that's one of my uh, four, and I don't know if, it, I feel like I was thinking about this even before, I don't think you put it in my head, like I think I was thinking about this already, um, but yeah, I would love it if they played, it seems unlikely, it seems like a bit of a dark horse. Oh, I know, but it's so damn good. Yeah. Like if you're gonna play a slower a slower pace song and it's between drive and moving in stereo and by slower pace I mean like not you know not a lot of hits on the ones you know not a very fast uh, percussive type song moving in stereo is a better song it's more yeah. memorable anyway um, here's one that I don't think that they well, here's one that they might play but I hope they don't because again it's it's good but it's not great it's shake it up oh I like shake it up okay you know what? Oh, shake it up that's a, that's one of my four. I don't mind Shake It Up. I just, you know, it's not in my top four. Because... Do you have your All I've Got Tonight ahead of Shake It Up? I do. Yeah, that's fair. But here's my fourth. So I got Just What I Needed, My Best Friend's Girl, Moving in Stereo, which I totally agree is not going to get played. Yeah. But one that I would love for them to play is Magic. Oh, wow. Whoa, it's Magic! That one. What a call. Because that is just like Drive. I forget it's them sometimes. And then I'm like, holy yeah. crap, the Cars wrote that one too? Yeah. And that's a jam. And it's more upbeat. And it's, it's just, I just think it's better for a live performance if you only get four shots at making people listen to your, your music again. Right. So I would go Magic over Shake It Up. But I love Shake It Up. And I love your All I Got Tonight. I just put it on here. You might be able to hear it in the background. Yep. Wow. Now we can. It's really good. Magic. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I so what did we say all the wait, what were you for again? So I got just what I needed, my best friend's yeah. girl, moving in stereo and magic. All right, moving in stereo, yeah, okay. Yeah. So my four so I have just what I needed, my best friend's girl. My four for the last two spots would be we said good times roll, right? Yep. Moving in stereo. I like Shake It Up. That yep. would be on my list of four. The other one, I think I, I said it earlier, I like You Might Think. Oh, good song. Really good song. Yeah, that would be a fun one for the uh, for the ceremony. Great harmonies in that one. Yep. And so Brandon Flowers. Yeah, boom, exactly. Uh, Coming the harmonies on You Might Think. Another good one is Let's Go. Yeah. I like the nightlife, baby. Good song. And then here's just one that I want to throw out there to the listeners to check out because I didn't even know it existed. Um, it's a song off of the the the, um, it, the the record is called Move Like This. That's the album. The song is called Blue Tip, and I just think it's neat. I actually wrote down that it's basically like an LCD sound system starter kit song. So uh, if you like LCD sound system and you like the cars and you want to know where I got that outlandish pick for uh, James Murphy as being their induct their inductor. Check out the song Blue Tip off the uh, Move Like This record. But back to the one you just said there. You might think, really good one again. Um, they have so many good jams, dude. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking as we're talking here, I mean, without question, Bon Jovi is the most popular band to be inducted this year. Yes. Would we say that 
are the Cars the best band that's getting inducted this year? I would agree with that statement. I would vehemently agree with that statement. Yeah, I think that might be right. That's awesome. Good for you, the Cars. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Rick Ocasek. Boston's own. Actually, I just looked that up. If Wikipedia is right again, Rick Ocasek actually born in Baltimore. Ah, Baltimore. So, What's that? I, I, I don't know. I don't know his whole. I mean, the cars, the band are definitely from Boston. I don't know Rick's whole life story, but whatever. Well, that's okay. Good to know. But the band, the band is from Boston. No doubt about that. Well, we like that very much. Now, here's a band not from Boston, to my knowledge, the Moody Blues. Yeah, I don't know where they're from, but it's not Boston. Now, I have no idea who's going to induct them. I'm not even going to play the game. Me neither. This is going to be a short conversation on them since neither of us know anything right. about them. Now, what I will say, and I mentioned this after they had gotten inducted, or maybe right before they were inducted, is that uh, of the people who I know who really enjoy the Moody Blues, my mother happens right. to be one of those people. So we're not going to not talk about the Moody Blues for at least a few minutes. Sure. Here are the songs we're definitely going to play. Tuesday Afternoon, Nights in White Saturn, and I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band. They have another song called Your Wildest Dreams, which came out in the 80s and was kind of their like resurgent hit. That is my leader in the clubhouse for the fourth song if they get four songs. Other ones that I think are out there, there's one called I Know You're Out There Somewhere, also from their 80s kind of rebirth. There's a song called The Voice, which I just wrote in my notes, has a shot. I must have liked it the other night enough to say it's all right. Another song called The Story in Your Eyes. Good riff, great harmonies. We'll see what kind of chops they have vocally still. And there's one more called English Sunset, which I felt was pretty interesting and decent too. Those are my literal notes. So I think they might be a three or four song jam at best. I think we know what three of them are going to be. And the fourth one's up for grabs. And frankly, if I talk to my mom, maybe I'll ask her what she thinks and I'll tweet it out later to everybody. But I don't know. Did you say Melancholy Man? No. I don't know what that is, but it's their second most popular on Spotify right now. Well, then that, one, then that one's that probably got a better shot than I gave it. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Well, you know how on Spotify, like, there's they're, they're not always in the. I think they're on there, like, what's most popular right now and yeah. not necessarily what has the most streams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So there's, there's a few songs that have more streams than Melancholy Man, but that's number two on the list. So, Nights in White Satin, by far, is the most popular one. And that's the only one I think I can identify off the top of my head. And then. Your Wildest Dreams, The Night, uh, Question. Yeah, Question was interesting. I listened to that one. Tuesday Afternoon, you said that one. Yeah, I think that one's going to get on there. Go Now, The Story in Your Eyes, you said that, right? Yep, said that one. Yeah. And then Melancholy Man, those are the most streamed ones. Yeah, so good for those guys to get in. And I'm going to save this point for the next band. But I feel like we had too many bands that are very similar to each other get in this year based on the other the other nominees out there. Yeah, it's definitely a tribute to like one, I don't know, one type of music, but almost like one era while ignoring others, you know. Right. There's like other constituencies that could have been represented here. Right, like we're getting down to... Um, the 15th, the 20th inductee of a certain genre from a certain era, and we're ignoring, like, choice number four from the hip-hop era, say, right? Well, yeah, you, right. Well, you're ignoring LL Cool J. You're ignoring Rage Against the Machine, who's in their own category. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I, as we said before, I got, 
and Radiohead. A lot of people, the stuff I read, people were upset that Radiohead didn't get in. I'm not because I don't like them. I thought they would get in, but I think they screwed themselves by basically telling everyone who would listen that they weren't going to show up if they got inducted. So exactly, uh, that's on them. But, um, but that is a generation. You know, certainly that Hello Cool J Rage Against the Machine. Radiohead, that's a generation that's not represented in this class in favor of having the Cars and the Moody Blues and the band we're going to talk about next. Right. Who is Dire Straits? And by the way, in my research, I like Dire Straits. At least I thought I, li- I thought I liked them a lot more than I do now. And here's why. <laughs> okay. Number one, these dudes are the kings of the seven-minute slow song. Um, yeah, it's long songs. And it, it kind of narrows down the choices of what they could play. They have this great catalog of music, but they only have about five songs that they even could play in this format. Right. Um, and I have no clue who's going to duck them either. Do you know who's going to duck them, Roscoe? Well, well, I don't, but did I not? I think I did. I told you, like, like I know what they're going to play. They're not going to play anything. And that's the rub. And that's why I'm not That's why I'm not feeling these guys right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing I read, apparently Mark Knopfler, who is the, you know, the guitar player, singer, the leader of Dire Straits, he is yet to publicly comment on the band's induction at all. Like, he hasn't said one word one way or the other. Wow. And they got, that got announced, you know, months ago. Yeah, right. Like, November, December. Uh, yeah. So he's not said a thing about it. And then one of the other guys in the band said something about, like, well, some of us are going to be there, some of us won't. So I don't think the entire band is going to show up, and I don't think they're going to play, because I don't think they're all going to be there. See, I, I, that's crazy. I mean, even even when Creedence Clearwater Revival got in, and and, and the, the two other guys in the band had to look hatefully at, 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 at uh, oh my god, I'm blanking on the lead singer's name now. John Fogerty. Yeah, you know Fogerty was up there with your boy Springsteen and a couple other guys jamming out, having a great time. And the other two guys were basically not invited to play with Fogerty. He big time. Yeah. He big timed him. But at least they. People were there and they tried to do it. And as we mentioned last year, Steve Perry showed up for Journey, but he was like, you know what? I ain't singing. Let, let the other. Right you know, but like, if any of these guys show up, even if Mark Knopfler's not there, you know what? Axl Rose didn't show up for Guns N' Roses and they still had a guy saying, screw Mark Knopfler and let the other guys have their, have their moment, you know? All right. Um, so I actually don't think the Dire Straits should get in. I think if the guy, I think if they pull. If they pull a uh, a Radiohead, or at least the lead singer does, well then screw you. We should have let an LL Cool J. You're out. Somebody get LL Cool J on the phone. Ah, ah, that's LL Cool J's music. That would be the greatest moment in rock hall history. If like right when they announced Dire Straits, that music hit and LL Cool J came out and was like, "Nope, I'm actually in." They're out with no and shirt on, fun. looking jacked I- as hell. I just got off the set of NCIS Chicago, whatever show he's on, and here I am. Don't call it a comeback. That would be like if pro wrestling took over the show for a night. Yep. And that would yeah, be fantastic. If man books the Hall of Fame induction, then LL Cool J would, would hit whatever guy from Dire Straits shows up with a guitar and take over the stage and play and stuff. And that would be all right with me. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm not. You know what? They're they're going to be in the show notes. If anybody wants to read what my picks were for what Dire Straits is should have played y'all can look in the show notes <laughs> yeah if you're too good to show up and play we're t- we're, you, we're too good to talk about you too good to talk about you which gives me more time to talk about the great and this is a lady you didn't think was going to get in based on the criteria we just mentioned but she did Roscoe P your girl Nina Simone Nina Simone really happy she is really something else I'll tell you that she is something else in a great she's way. One of the, so I, I, the exercise we did long ago was to pick five 
bands or acts that we were going to vote for and then go actually go on and participate in the fan voting. Yes. Which I did, and only two of my five votes made it, uh, Bon Jovi and Nina Simone. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you. Actually, I might have voted for the Cars. I can't remember. But I definitely voted for Nina Simone on your uh, great work and inspiring those of us to do so. And then, of course, Bon Jovi, you know, they just needed to get in so we could put the debate to breath to bed. But Nina Simone, man, I'll tell you what. Number one, if Lauren Hill is in singing shape, since she made a Nina Simone reference in Ready or Not by the Fugees, she should be inducting Nina Simone at the very least, if not doing some singing. What do you think about that? Didn't Lauren Hill do an entire Nina Simone tribute album? If she did, then she better be the inductor slash doing some representation here. Yeah, I did see one thing, and I, I tried to not, well, again, because I didn't know when this actually took place, but um, I'm pretty sure in the, I don't know who the inductor is, but I think I saw that in the tribute, uh, Lauren Hill is going to sing. Fantastic. So I guessed it right. Yeah. And I believe uh, Questlove from the Roots is going to be the, the drummer for whatever band they put together to do themselves. So. so essentially what you're telling me is this is going to be the best performance of the night. Probably, yeah. You got Questlove and Lauren Hill. That's probably better than what... Already, that's better than any, what anybody else has got. Well, let's put it this way. Um, the Fugees and the Roots are both genius acts out of our, kind of y- our youth, if you will. Right. And I would argue the two most integral people to both of those groups, at least in terms of what made them special, are joining forces. Yeah. Because you know Pras Michelle is not one of the most influential people of the, uh, the Fugees. Yeah. And Wyclef, yeah. though you and I love Wyclef, he's gone off the deep end in a lot of ways, it seems. Well, is he like the president of Haiti now or something? Either that or he like stole a bunch of money from them when he said give to my charity for Haiti and then didn't give them any money, which is a rumor. Oh, yeah. But oh, really? if it's true, that's not cool. No, not cool. Hopefully it's not true, Wyclef. Yeah. Sorry to, sorry to put you on blast, dog. Anyway, um, I go, let's go back to good news. Questlove, Lauren Hill, putting together a super group for Nina Simone. Fantastic. Roscoe, what do you think about... I thought maybe Alicia Keys would sneak in there. Um, Great call. Yeah, there's plenty of like you know good, powerful, young singers. Uh, Alicia Keys is a great call. I think you mentioned Adele. Yeah, yeah. I think from literally just from a a, a kind of a a smoky voice standpoint, Adele really fits very well with a lot of some of the Nina Simone tracks I've been listening to this week. Um, And that'd be cool. I mean, I don't think Adele could be the only one doing it, but I think if she was part of it, that'd be badass. No, but I feel like there's going to be like a bunch of people. Like, I don't think it's going to be one person singing. I think they're just going to bring up different singers. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going. That's why I think it's literally going to be the best, the best performance of the night. Yeah, let let me throw a, a dark horse name out there. Who's who's a, a huge star? She's not a dark horse, but I think a dark horse can form. Okay. Um, I was reading an article about uh, Nina Simone's impact on hip hop, even though she existed, you know, years before hip hop did. Um, and. Jay-Z sampled Nina Simone, uh, I think a couple times, but it's the main sample on uh, my favorite song on his new record, which is called The Story of O.J. Yeah. Uh, samples Four Women, which is a great song by uh, uh, Nina Simone. Um, and and he, I think there's a second song on that album, and then there's a song on the Watch the Throne album that Jay-Z did with Kanye. Yep. Uh, that samples Nina Simone. So Jay-Z is obviously a huge Nina Simone fan. So might we see Mrs. Z? Ooh. Beyonce come on stage to pay tribute to Nina Simone. Well, that would be lovely as heck. Okay. Uh, if feels like that's a long shot to happen. Well, she, yeah. I mean, 
star power on star power on star power, right? Right. But hey, I, I tell you what, the, the lady deserves her place in the Hall of Fame, and she and she deserves a hell of a tribute. Um, here's a couple songs by her that I think are, are in my mind, uh, likelies to be to be represented. Hopefully, uh, feeling good. I think it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. It's kind of a classic, standard jam. Great horns. Everybody knows it. Even if you don't think you know it, just go on Spotify, listen to "Feeling Good," and you know it. You you know it. Another one that's going to probably get some love, but they're not going to play the whole thing, is the 10-minute and 22-second live version from New York City in 1965 of Sinner Man, uh-huh. which is a phenomenal song. Phenomenal song. Uh, I doubt we're going to get 10 and a half minutes of it, but it's a phenomenal song. Right. She's got a song called Baltimore. Yeah, that's a big one. Super funky. I think it's got really good potential they'd play that one. Um. And then she's got a couple that are a lot more, I don't want to call them gospel, but kind of more out of that vein, um, which is I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free. Cool song, powerful song. Um, Another jam, which I just love the title, it's called Mississippi Goddamn. (laughs) And it actually, unfortunately, resonates with these times now more than they should, considering the song was probably like 80 years old. Um, And another one called To Be Young, Gifted, and Black. Um, another one of her songs that I think are incredibly appropriate for our time and space here in 2018. Um, and my final strong candidate for her that I believe is either an original or best known by her or for her performance of is I Put a Spell on You. Um, yeah, I was going to say that one, yeah. Any others for you by, by her that I omitted? Well, I, I would add, I, I mentioned that four women before. I would say yeah. that one. Cool. Also, I had to double check on this because she is... She burst onto the scene sooner than the Beatles did, but she's got a cool version of Here Comes the Sun. Here Comes the Sun, yeah. And I really wanted to double-check that she didn't write that, but it was, was George Harrison. Uh, George Harrison wrote that. For sure. But she does a cool version of it, but I don't think they should do that. No reason for them to do a Beatles co- cover, her doing a Beatles cover. That's silly. All right. Um, but I'm excited for the Nina Simone piece. I actually I saved it for last because I think it might be the best. Yeah, it might be. So we've got... Bon Jovi as the most popular band, The Cars is the best band, and the Nina Simone tribute will be the best performance. Correct. And my, and my mom's favorite band is Moody, Moody Blues. And your mom's favorite band is the Moody Blues. And Dire, dire Straits can suck an egg, and Sister Rosetta True Tharp. Dire Straits, yeah. Yeah, and Sister Rosetta, Sister Rosetta Tharp is the coolest sister since Sister Jean, okay? There you go. So everybody, everybody who's going to show up is going to get good, good props from the filibuster freestyle, and Dire, Craze, dire Straits can suck an egg. <laughs> Sister Jean should induct Sister Rosetta Tharp. And they should do a duet of Sister Christian if, from Beyond the Grave. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Maybe Night Ranger should induct her. Maybe Night Ranger should. Night Ranger and Sister Jean are gonna or should play the Rosetta Tharp tribute. See, I knew I knew at some point we would get to a ridiculous outlandish theory and it took us till the yep. end, but we got there. There it is. <laughs> there's the call. There's your there's your there's your Emmy, HBO. Thank us later. Your motor ran. Yeah. <laughs> Sister Jean, good for you. Sister Rosetta Tharp, good for you. Night Ranger, who knew we were going to talk about you in the Hall of Fame in the same sentence? Feels good. All right, Roscoe, let me ask you this, because I know you have a hard stop in about 20 minutes. Not for those listening, because we're going to wrap it up very soon. You and our drummer, Dr. Green, were out the other day in Worcester, and the bartender was the great... Eric Godin, owner of the great former establishment, the Lucky Dog Music Hall in Worcester, Mass., 
uh, an integral member of many key bands in Worcester's rock scene. Just a great all-around guy. Did anything happen at lunch that you want to share on the air in terms of fun stories or you want to catch them up online? Offline, excuse me. Um, I mean, it was, well, it, it was, there's just kind of a cool moment where we just like all sort of recognized each other. Yeah. You know, like I'm sitting there with Dr. Green and, and I, I, it was one of those things, like I walked in and I saw him and it was one of those, like, I recognized them, but I didn't know who it was. Yeah. Out of context. You know, those things. Yeah, like, I, I know that guy, but I'm not sure who he is, you know? Yep. Um, which, you know, happens to me a lot in Worcester. I mean, I've been out a lot in Worcester and have been around a while, and there's a lot of people that I kind of recognize by sight, and I don't necessarily know who they are, but um, or at least at first. But then he he kind of went to the back when he was gone. I said to Dr. Green, I'm like, I think that's Eric from The Lucky Dog. And Dr. Green's like, no, Eric had longer hair. I'm like, dude, it's been, we haven't seen the guy in 15 years. I was going to say, that was 2004. People, people cut their hair. <laughs> I mean, Ben used to have hair. He's bald. Ben used to have hair. <laughs> so so I, I was like, I don't know. I think that's him. Because, you know, Eric's tall. Yeah, very that's, tall. You know, that's a distinctive and thing. You're so tall. For the fans listening, you're tall. You're 6'5", so you know tall. I'm, tall. I'm distinctive. I'm hard to miss. And, you know, he had earrings, and he kind of looked like a, you know, like a guy in a band, right? So um, Dr. Green goes, all right, well, I'll ask him when he comes back. So he comes back out, and Dr. Green goes, hey, uh, what was your name again? And he goes, Eric. And then Dr. Green goes, from the Lucky Dog? And as soon as he said Lucky Dog, Eric kind of stepped back and looked at us, and he's like, yeah, and I know you guys. And, and Dr. Green's like, yeah, we were in, you know, we used to play there. We're drilling threes. He's like, oh, man, drilling threes. I thought I recognized you guys. He's like, he's like what happened to you guys? And he goes, and who, the other guy, what, it was uh, Jay, no, it wasn't Jay, it wasn't, it was like Gavin, he's like, Gavin, yeah, Gavin, that guy's great. Ah, I love Eric Gooden, man, he's so, the best. Yeah. I gotta yeah. get that guy on the show. Yeah, oh yeah, he'd be a great one to get. He's, uh, in fact, I, last night, I, I couldn't go, um, I wasn't in town, but he, he gave us these, um, you know, these little flyers or whatever, he's, he's in several bands, um. Uh, one we we can't say the name of on your PG rated show that he was in before the flock. Remember what? Oh the, yeah, the flock. The flock of um, yeah, yeah. it's a great name. We, well, whatever. Yeah, it's like an eighties um, tribute band, right? Eighties tribute band. Yeah, but that, so he's still doing that. And the one he did last night, I forget what it's called, Six Season or something. It's an Alice in Chains tribute. They do a three hour Alice in Chains show. Well, you and I have to clear out at least five hours one day and go do that. <laughs> yeah, because we're gonna need two hours to pregame to get ready for three hours of Alice in Chains. Right. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I will he tell one. He sold the Lucky Dog. It's no longer the Lucky Dog. It's now the Cove. Right. Which is a tribute to its former name. It used to be Sir Morgan's Cove. Um, right, right. Which right. is very famous because the Rolling Stones played there yep. many, many years ago. Uh, but yeah, he sold it, I think he said in 2015. And, you know, he said he's much happier, much less stressed, and still plays in a lot of bands. And he did mention. Uh, I think to, to get into the specifics would require too much explanation. I'll tell you offline, but, but a couple guys who, uh, at least one guy who we played on a bill with and, or maybe two and a couple bands that used to play there a lot, those guys moved out to LA and have latched on with some pretty big name, uh, acts. Cool. Uh, we should definitely talk about that offline. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and one story I will tell in honor of the lucky dog and Eric is when we played there, um, it was tough to get, to get beer. And our drummer, Dr. Green, decided that he was going to break all types of state and federal laws and just bring his own Bud Light Tallboy flagships into the bar in his drum bag. The problem is 
they don't look like beers that you're allowed to sell in bars. And so <laughs> the bouncers hated him anyway. And the bouncers were looking for whoever the jerk was who brought in his own beers. And Ben's sitting there drinking one in front of Eric, the guy who just talked about, the owner of the club. And he basically, didn't he say something to you guys? Like, just turn around and go, man. You still, oh, we lost Roscoe P. Horrific. Well, anyway, that really happened. Uh, Roscoe P's gone. I'm going to call him back. But true story. Anyway, filibuster freestyle. It's your buddy Gavin. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is on HBO, we believe, April 22nd. Give a listen. Follow us on Twitter at Gavin Viana or at FB underscore freestyle. You can find Roscoe P at Roscoe P Funk. Check out the website, filibusterfreestyle.com. And please subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review. Uh, It helps people find the show. Thanks again. Filibuster Freestyle. Take care.